If you're hoping to plan a kitchen remodel that never goes out of style, that might not be possible. Your best bet, though, is to make choices for your kitchen and your whole home that connect to the era when the house was built. That build date will never change, and so no choice connected back to it can ever really be wrong. Hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century house to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 5, Episode 5. Now, all season long, we've been talking about kitchens, and I know you have been waiting for the fun part. When do we get to talk about what your new kitchen will look like? I've been making you wait for a reason, because as an architect, I know that there are so many underlying issues, complexities, and connections that make a kitchen remodel really successful. But now, today is the day. All right, before I get into that, as always, I just wanted to remind you that you'll find links to the references I make in the show and an outline of this conversation on my website at midmod-midwest.com slash 507. We're talking about what to put into your new mid-century style kitchen. And one of the best ways to think about going forward is to look back first and take stock of what you've got. Now, it may be that your kitchen's been flipped over several times. Um, Even if you have an original kitchen, you may be changing it up due to layout issues. But if we want to think back to the kitchen that your house was originally built with, let's study what that might be. Often, mid-century kitchens were incredibly simple and low budget. They were made with craft and skill, and from materials that are hard for us to get our hands on these days, even with a large budget, basically old growth forest timber that they did have in the 50s, then cut down and put in kitchens, and we don't have it anymore. So hey, think twice before throwing your old kitchen into a dumpster. But other than that gorgeous material, these kitchens had simple wooden cabinets built right into the walls, typically, rather than assembled in a factory and delivered and then installed as units. They had formica countertops with built-in backs splashes that only went up a few inches, that sometimes meant there was no actual backsplash, no tile, or a simple formica or plastic layer that was applied to the wall behind cabinets. They also had simple electric appliances, a few basic light fixtures, usually a central surface mount ceiling light, and a light over the kitchen sink, often a strip fluorescent light hidden by a little decorative wooden shade, and another over the stove. Faucets would be shiny nickel-bladed, and likely the cabinet Poles would also be that material. A simple drop-in enamel cast iron sink would complete the look. So making up a kitchen update, we're probably not trying to recreate that exact look unless you are a retro renovation style preservationist trying to bring your house back to exactly how it looked when it was built. If so, more power to you. But for most of us, when we say we want a mid-century kitchen update, what we're talking about is not a picture of what it looked like in the past, but something that's going to feel friendly. What you want to avoid is a discordant kitchen remodel that's either cottage style with shaker details, or one that harkens back to an earlier vintage with carved oak and ornate metals. What we're probably talking about when we look at Pinterest and Instagram for inspiration is a simple modernist kitchen with minimal details and beautiful materials. So we've talked about the past, but I also like to look to the future. Like I said, a remodel is always going to be most successful if we keep one eye on the era that the house was built, not to copy it, but to make choices that feel compatible with that time period. That means that on a certain level, the choices you make today can never go out of style. But it's also a great idea to try to future-proof your remodel. 
while we can't know what style will flare up and die down over the next 70 years, trendy things will come and go, certain elements of good style will remain. Now, you'll likely not be able to make a remodel truly timeless. Humans evolved as pattern seekers, and just like our eye is drawn to the red berry and greenery, food, we easily see and identify style trends of the past. Uh, one example of this is I like to walk through a neighborhood I've never been to before and identify the date of the last remodel for each house based on siding color. Brown almost always means the 80s, beige 90s to early 2000s, and gray was done in the last five years. This coordinates with other details that you can pull from around the house, and it's almost universally true. You can do the same thing with kitchens. Follow the colorways of appliances and walls through the decades. Baby pink and powder blue in the 1950s. Bolder shades in the 60s. Shifting to more earth tones of harvest gold and classic avocado in the 1970s. And likewise, you can follow the wood grain on the cabinets. A 70s kitchen might have faux plank cabinets, a rustic look. An 80s kitchen feels more Victorian inflected. It has dark stained cabinets with fluted molding and hammered brass poles. The 90s dream kitchen was a reaction to that, white on white. And then in the early aughts, everything goes back to oak with stained glass inserts and dark granite countertops. In the 20 teens, we get the shaker cabinets. Please don't put shaker cabinets in your mid-century kitchen. They just don't match. My point is, era-based styles are inevitable. So our best bet is to reach back and do something that feels friendly to the original build era of the house. Whenever I think about materiality, I like to return to the concept of a style guide. I make a customized style guide for each of my master plan design projects, pulling together existing materials and details from the client's home as it stands, along with recommendations for each space based on their taste and our vision for the project. Each room gets its own material palette and a workbook where the owner can fill in details as they are decided to coordinate flooring, ceiling and wall finishes, cabinet faces, counter material, fixtures, fittings, and appliances with each other. While it's fine to vary the palette from one room to another, it does help to have some cohesive choices repeat throughout the whole house. This is one of the secrets of getting a designer look on a DIY project. I've actually created a free style guide workbook so you can grab and go through this for yourself if you want to apply these ideas to your kitchen or your whole house remodel. Grab that from midmod-midwest.com slash style guide. Or if you want to hear a little bit more about those ideas, pop back to episode 407, that's season four, episode seven, to hear why a cohesive style for your house matters. Now, I do encourage you to make choices that are personal for you. Your kitchen is yours. Your home is your own. It should suit you. But one of the most common problems people face in a remodel is an overabundance of options. So let's narrow it down a little bit. Here are some basic choices you can make when updating your mid-century kitchen that will stand the test of time. For flooring, you're looking for something durable, practical, and as light-colored as you feel you can keep clean. I like marmoleum, cork, wood, and tile. These are all strong choices that depend on your lifestyle. For people who drop the dishes, go with cork, which won't break them, rather than tile, which will. If you want to have consistent flooring through the entire house, going with either original wood floors or newly installed engineered or solid wood floors is always a good choice for a mid-century house. Make sure that you don't let someone talk you into a dark stain color. Uh, basically, a clear coat is all you need on an oak floor for a mid-century house. One of the most expensive parts of a kitchen remodel is the cabinet, so that's one of the choices that gets made first. In this area, I recommend people opt for slab-style doors on European-style frameless cabinets. Now, that isn't what homeowners were building with in the mid-century era in America, but it aligns well with the modern simplicity of style, and it's one of the best choices available for most manufacturers and cabinet companies today. The budget-friendly option is to have them finished in white, 
or a color of your choice. Go bold if that's for you. But my personal preference is for stained wood finish. And the ideal is a grain matched pattern that continues from one door to another across a run of cabinets. This is a doable way to add beauty and craft to your project, and it's available both from custom cabinet makers and even from IKEA door replacement companies like Semi Handmade. This is actually a style that goes right back to the mid-century era. My own incredibly builder-grade cabinets were cut from several single pieces of plywood side by side so that the grain continues both side to side and up and down across each wall. It's lovely. Sometimes I just stand in the center of the kitchen and follow the patterns with my eye while I wait for the tea water to boil. Because watching the pot doesn't work. For wall and ceiling finish, this is a place to play it safe if you feel so inclined. White is never a bad choice because it's going to bounce light around and make your kitchen feel brighter. But this is also a place where you can play with color. Walls are some of the easiest things to change your mind about. You can put on wallpaper or take it down. You can go with bold colors and change your mind later. For your tile, probably on the backsplash, this might be another place to be conservative if it doesn't matter to you. You can never really go wrong with matte, simple, and white. But I'll stand by the advice that if you find a tile you love, go for it. Lean in to bold choices if they really matter to you. Counter surfaces, again, are a place where I recommend simplicity. Nothing looks cleaner than a white counter, and I love solid surface counters for that reason. They're inexpensive, and if you're being offered a choice of fluted corners, choose the most simple shape. You can go for vintage charm with a sparkle lamb laminate counter, or if you choose white for your cabinets, you might try a wood counter, either a solid slab or a butcher block surface. Now, when you're thinking about that wood, is it happening in the counter or the cabinets? Somewhere in your mid-century style kitchen, you need to be seeing wood grain. That might be happening simply in the details, several cutting boards scattered around the place. It could also happen in exposed shelving. Wall-mounted shelves instead of closed upper cabinets are a trend that I actually really stand behind because it helps the room feel larger by being able to see all the way to the walls at your eye height. One way or another, you want to coordinate the grains. Ideally, you should be using the same type of wood and the same finish for any wood grain that's happening in your kitchen. If not, you want to see samples of the two wood grains together so that you can make sure that they work well, that you aren't getting a green cast to one and a warmer tone to another, which are going to clash in situ. Okay, so just as I encourage you to think about wood grain across different areas of the kitchen, I take the same approach for metal. Now you're going to have a lot of metal elements in your kitchen in a bunch of places. They might show up in handles and hinges, door hardware, faucets and other plumbing fixtures, appliances, and light fixtures. For more detail on this, check out Season 4, Episode 7. But my general rule of thumb for choosing the metal to go together in one room is to pick two. Um... You don't have to have everything match itself, and in fact, that's actually quite a challenge to go across brands. But if you have just two types of metal, say a brass and a matte black, or even plated nickel and uh, bronze, as long as you're consistent with those two choices and they show up in more than one place, you'll have a feeling of cohesiveness. One thing I always avoid in a kitchen remodel is brushed nickel. That's a choice that screams early 2000s like nothing else and will instantly date your kitchen. Reminder, get samples of everything. There is a reason that interior design accounts on Instagram are always showing those beautiful flat lay images with a bit of cabinet face, some tile, wall paint chips, and a handle or two arranged together with beautiful lighting and a flower. 
They're doing that because it catches your eye. They're also doing it because a responsible interior designer will get samples of everything to check side by side before approving them. You want to be able to look at these materials together, next to each other, in the natural light of your own kitchen. It will make a difference. So now that you've started to pull together those things and possibly downloaded a style guide and started filling it out for yourself, I want you to think about splitting the difference between trendiness and bold choices and conservative choices that go for longevity in a way that works for you. The thing is, it depends on how much you care and how long you plan to be in the house. Making a strong choice for any material in your house can cut two ways. It can really personalize the house and make it your own, which is ideal if you're going to be living in this house for a long time, or it could doom the house to an immediate remodel as soon as you sell it if that choice is going to be unappealing to someone else. I don't think people should plan for resale value, so I always advise people to make the boldest choices where they care the most. But if you're on the fence, make a conservative choice for more permanent finishes like tile, flooring, and cabinets, and be more playful with wall color, plumbing fixtures, and handles, which can be more easily switched out over time. Where are you going to find all these exciting ideas? I've given you some verbal recommendations, but the best way to choose a material is to see it for yourself. So you're going to be looking on Pinterest, on Instagram, and even with Google image search, although these days that mostly pops you back to Pinterest. You're going to look for ideas in magazines, in homes you visit. Yes, we're visiting homes again and anywhere else around you in the real world or media. What you want to do is every time you see a great material, pull it together and store it in one place. You can save your Instagram posts in Instagram or share them to your Pinterest board. You can use a project management software like Trello or Asana to gather links to products, or you can gather them in a spreadsheet or even a ring binder. In the end, it doesn't really matter how you organize them, just that you stay organized, have a way to catch ideas and often specific products and pricing in a way that you'll be able to refer back to easily. For more advice on this, I recommend you check out season two, episode five on organizing your ideas and seven on the power of Pinterest for more planning advice. Before I go, I just want to remind you that materiality is so important. Putting beautiful materials onto a simple builder basic layout can transform the way you feel about it. Likewise, a really ideal functional layout that was chosen just for your family and lifestyle, executed poorly with the wrong materials, can feel clunky and off in a way that's hard to identify. In the end, the best advice I can give you for planning an excellent kitchen remodel that will stand the test of time is to keep one eye on the past. All you need to have is some beautiful wood grain, a color or two that you love, and a few well-executed details. To help you pull those together, be sure to get your hands on a copy of my free style guide workbook. You can find that style guide either linked to in the show notes at midmod-midwest.com slash 505 to grab the links I've mentioned, see those other episodes I've referred to, and hear an outline of everything we've just covered, or you can grab it directly at midmod-midwest.com slash style guide. Please help new listeners find the show by adding a rating and review. I appreciate your feedback so much. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. That's it for the moment. We'll be back next week talking about pulling together the master plan for your kitchen update. Stay tuned.